What I want to do this morning is put you remembers because this morning, if you didn't get this morning tape, please, please get this morning tape. Now, what God showed me was this. Uh, back in, uh, I taped tape 57 and 58, I taught on find the tree of life. Say that with me, find the tree of life. All right, now, to find the tree of life is your mission. If you have not found the tree of life, that means you, have, you do not know that Christ lives in you. Remember this morning I gave you two verses. I gave you uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm not going to these, we can do them on the screen, but I'm going to keep moving. 1 Corinthians chapter number, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, it's not enough for you to be in Christ. When we taught 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Of course, new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But that don't mean you in Christ. I mean, that don't mean Christ in you. See, that means you in Christ. Can you put them on the screen as I said them? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We'll do them on the screen, on it? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. That's what God did. He made us a new creation first. That qualified us to receive. I'm waiting on 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's what I'm waiting on first, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Then the next thing I'm waiting for is 1 Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. I'm going to have to move on now. Got to move on, hallelujah. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. The next thing is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Two different. So don't, you don't brag because you're in Christ. And praise God, the man that's walking the street out there is in Christ. But he don't know it because Christ died for all men. See, but that don't mean all men in Christ. They have not received it. They have not believed the gospel. See, and that's what God wants you to do, all right? Now, what we want to do now is move on, all right? So after finding the tree of life, another thing I talked about was tape 75 and tape 76, all right? Uh, that's on the stream now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, all right? Colossians 1, 27. Just one more verse. While I'm talking, you can put that up. I just like the people at home to see what I'm saying. It's not enough just for you to be in Christ. See, that's where I used to preach that a lot of time. But God showed me that's only halfway. Colossians 1.27 told you Christ in you, now the hope of glory. All right? Now, that's what you got to understand. Now, the next thing he showed in tape 75 and 76, how to have faith. Uh, we talked about that last week, but I only gave you one part. I got another part to go with that. That part we dealt with how to have faith hearing the gospel of grace. So that's the answer to that, how to have faith. I got that coming, how to have faith. That time I talked about hearing the gospel of, of, of Christ, hearing the word of truth. That's the only way you're going to get faith. Then I got another teaching, two more teachings in there to go. <clears throat> so, but now I'm moving into a, another teaching because this past week I talked about uh, Check your doctor. Because today I'm dealing with three different doctors. All right. Hope you all don't mind about me taking a little slack out of my 
necktie there. Ooh, that feels so much better. Uh, all right, but anyway, I gave you Acts 2.42. Can you put it on the screen? This morning, we talked about the apostles' doctrine. So many churches are teaching the apostles' doctrine because when you read it, you'll know. Acts chapter 2 and verse number uh, 42. This is called the apostles' doctrine. Like I said, a lot of people are teaching this doctrine. When you hear it, you'll know why. The apostles' doctrine in Acts 2.42, there we go. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. These were, this was the disciples, Peter, James, and John. And they, in fellowship, and next, breaking of bread, eating the bread off the table, uh, uh, Passover, and in prayer. See, that's what they kept doing. They started that with Jesus Christ uh, when he, when he, before he died, eating the bread off the table. They were still doing that because he told them, do this, watch this, in remembrance of me. See? So that's why they were doing it. So what we do, like I did, I put right on the front of the table, do this in remembrance of him. I thought I was right, but he wasn't talking to me. See, they had to do it in remembrance of him. Why? Until he was raised from the dead and has come back again. See, that's already had happened. All right. But people who don't believe it happened is still doing it in remembrance of him. Bless their heart. All right. And then in verse number 46, hopefully someday they'll learn like I did. Verse 46, and says, and they continue daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. See, that's what they did because that was Passover. They kept, kept it up until the Lord returned. So he, because he told them, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, watch this, you do show the Lord's death, watch this, till he come. So all the church don't believe he came yet. Let's put that on the screen, can we? That was Matthew chapter 26. In verse 26, we'll start there. That's why people think, well, he hasn't come yet, so we got to keep doing communion. Well, we, we believe he came. We don't have to do it. See, it all depends on what doctrine you're following. And you know, they're blessed their heart. Their folks go to church under this ministry and still don't believe the Lord has come yet. Bless your heart. Amen. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to start reading verse number 26 on the screen. There we go. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples, see, and said to them, take, eat, this is my body. Now remember, they were eating this body. We are his body. What, what a difference. What, I said, what a difference. Right. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then it's, and he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the remission of sin. Well, the blood was shed for the remission of sin. That's already happened. So how can we continue to drink the blood? See, that's why when Paul, what's the difference in Paul if you got that? Go back to Acts 26, 18 one more time. Acts 26, 18. So when you can see this, you'll realize that already happened. Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Paul message is, now open their eyes so they can see it. Turning from darkness to light, turning from the power of Satan to God that they may now receive. Can you see the difference? Receive what? Forgiveness of sin. See, you don't have to do nothing no more. So when you read the other scripture I just gave you, not going back to Matthew 26 again, but it told you something different about the remission of sin. Here you just receive it. Receive it. 
and then you can receive your inheritance. All right. Now, with that in mind, we're going to go to today's teaching, uh, the Apostle Paul doctrine. All right. Now, that's 1 Corinthians 15. Let's start off right there, the Apostle Paul doctrine, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word? Amen. I got about 10. Are you ready for the Word? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. My wife will tell you, I studied all this week. I studied all day yesterday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I got, went to bed before 6 so I can be here early to study another two hours before you get here. I just want to make sure you are ready for the Word. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, this is your doctrine. 1 Corinthians 15, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand by, which also you are saved. If you keep in memory, watch this, what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. So if you still believe in what Peter, James, and John preach to you, then you believe it in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also receive. Watch this, how Christ died for our sins. Nobody but Paul preached how Christ died for our sins. You go back and check out Peter doctrine, they doctrine, you're going to show you. They don't, they don't add how Christ died for our sins. And that he was buried. And then in three days and three nights, God raised Jesus from the dead. That's our gospel. Somebody give him a big hand for our gospel. So that's why the Bible says, if you believe Paul's gospel, you can receive the Holy Spirit. Let me show you to you in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. See, the reason why people don't have the Holy Spirit, they don't believe the gospel according to Paul. See, Paul is the one who gave you Romans. No other apostle gave you the book of Romans all the way to Philemon. Nobody but Paul. And yet people trying to get saved by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Jesus' name. You know, they have to say it like that. In Jesus' name. You got to believe it now. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. He didn't just say the word, the gospel of the word. He didn't just say it. He said the gospel of your salvation made it personally. Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the personal possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I want you to do some, Let's move on. I won't complicate things. All right. But do you, do you see the difference is what I want to know. All right. Now, I just gave you the Apostle Paul doctrine, our doctrine, is Christ's death, burial, resurrection. All right, now, let me show you what Paul said to the church that I just ministered. Remember, we gave you the doctrine of Christ this morning. Look at 2 John, the doctrine of Christ. That was this morning. So you get this morning tape, you will see the doctrine of Christ. Remember, John is talking and teaching Israel about the doctrine of Christ. Remember, when you go back to 1 John chapter 1, they talked about Jesus in the flesh. Let's do that first. The gospel, 1 John 1 and 1. So you have to understand, John is talking about Jesus Christ in the flesh. Paul is talking about Jesus Christ risen from the dead, and it has now become both Lord and Christ. That's the difference. So watch this. 1 John 1 and 1 said, That which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen with our eyes, he's talking about a real man, which we have looked up on and our hands have handled, watch this, of the word of life. One time I said the word of life, 
is ours. No, it's not. The word of life is not the gospel of Christ. The word of life is the doctrine of Christ. See, he taught the doctrine of Christ. That means if you believe Jesus Christ come in the flesh, if you believe who Jesus Christ is, you believe he come in the flesh, one. You believe who he is, well, he's the Christ. Matthew 16, 13 through 16. He's the son of God. See, watch this. He's Lord. See, all those are what people teach it as the doctrine of Christ. You go, if you go study Romans 10, 9, and 10, it'll say, put it on the screen. We're going to come back to 1 John in a moment. 2 John, I'm sorry. 2 John 7. Well, look, look at the Romans. See, Paul taught this to the Jewish believer. And he had to teach this to them because he, he was making a, a point. So Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and 10, he's teaching the Romans. I'm sorry, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Thank you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, why would he say to them? But if thou shalt confess. Now watch the difference in your doctrine. I, didn't, I read to you 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Do you remember seeing that? See, that's what I need from you now. That's the time you're supposed to say something. See? All right. I'm going to go back again since you didn't say nothing. First, Romans 10, 9 and 10 said, if you confess what you're about the Lord Jesus. See, if you believe Jesus Christ is Lord, if you confess what you're about the Lord Jesus, the same as you believe Jesus Christ is Lord. And you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. Don't say nothing about dying for your sins. Do you notice? Once again, do you notice? Okay. All right. So you have to know what to look for, that you will know that's not your doctrine. If you confess with your mouth that he's Lord and that he died and, and that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Future tense. For with the heart man believe on the righteousness and with the mouth confessions made in the salvation. See, that's how... Romans 10 told them that they are saved. That's one of the doctrines that are being taught how people believe. That is under the doctrine of Christ. So in 2 John, let's go back again. 2 John, we just did 1 John. 2 John 7. So we gave you this morning, 2 John chapter 7 says, Many deceivers are entering into the world. Now John is telling them that because their gospel is before Paul finished the gospel of Christ. See, they don't know what Paul preaching. They are only preaching to the Jews. Paul has gone to preach to Gentiles. They know nothing about that. You got to understand that. They, they didn't have the book. All right. So verse 7 says, Many deceivers are entering into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. See, I read you 1 John 1 and 1. They are talking about Jesus Christ in the flesh. And verse number 2, verse 3. We don't want to go down. So verse 9, verse 9, I'm sorry. Whoever transgresses and abideth not watched it in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. If, he that, if you come unto me and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither bid him God speak. All right? So that doctrine was the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, once again, is who Christ is. Go to Matthew 16, verse 13. You got to know the difference between your doctrines. Matthew chapter number 16, and we will look at, start with verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked the disciples, whom do men say I the Son of Man am? Wait, who is the Son of Man? That's Jesus, God in the flesh. Who is God in the flesh? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say others, Elijah. Some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to Peter, well, whom say ye that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. See, the, the doctrine of Christ is who Jesus is. You're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. See, all of those is who he is. He's Lord, he's Christ, he's the Son of God. You see, that's the doctrine of Christ. That's not your gospel. You're not saved because you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You're not saved because you believe Jesus Christ is Lord. You're not saved because you, you believe that, that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. That's not your doctrine. Your gospel is the Apostle Paul doctrine, the Apostle Paul teaching. Now watch what Paul said to them in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. And let's show you why I gave you a scripture uh, a couple weeks ago, see where you remember that. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1 through 3. This is what Paul said to the Hebrews who used to believe that way. These Hebrews used to believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. These Jews used to believe in water baptism back there with uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached to the Jews the baptism of repentance. That's Acts 13, 24. Just send it for your tape. He preached the baptism to repentance only to the Jews. And yet, people are preaching the baptism of repentance to the Gentiles. Must not have read the book. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving, this is what Paul told the Hebrews, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. You got to leave this. This is what he told the Hebrew, come in your camera. I'm coming to your camera. I'm going to violate my own principle. <laughs> Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles, the early teachings, the teachings of Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, leaving the doctrine of Christ that Peter taught, I'm sorry, Peter taught the apostle doctrine. But Jesus taught the doctrine of Christ, the teachings of Jesus Christ, who the Son of God is, that he came in the flesh. Leaving the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. There's no perfection until you're in Christ. Only somebody to preach in Christ was Paul. Only somebody to preach Christ in you is Paul. Let us go on to perfection not laying again the old foundation. See, the new foundation been laid, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Don't lay again the old foundation. Repentance from dead works. That's Acts 2.38. Repent. That's what you see of people today. You got to repent, brother. Dead works. Faith toward God. See, it's not faith toward God now. It's faith in God. Or the doctrine of, I'm sorry, the faith of God. Or the doctrines of baptism. See, you have the faith of the Son of God now. You don't have faith toward God. Faith toward God means when you pray, you pray toward Jerusalem. That's what they did. They had to turn toward Jerusalem and pray. Daniel, read the book of Daniel. It said when Daniel prayed, he prayed toward Jerusalem. 
His faith had to be toward God. All right? The doctrine of baptisms. Doctrines. The laying on hand to receive the Holy Spirit. The resurrection of the dead. Eternal judgment. He's saying this will we do if God permit. Why? Because that's already passed. Leaving. Now watch this. I showed you a verse last week in Philippians chapter 3. You always remember why Paul said this. Say, I always will remember this verse. All right. See, these two verses go together. Hebrew chapter 6 and Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to start reading verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. This is why Paul, this is the other half of Philippians. This, I'm sorry, Hebrews 6 and 1. This is the other half. Watch this. Not as though I had already attained. Watch what Paul says. Neither were already perfect. Remember he talks about perfect the only perfect in Christ. You want me to go back and read Hebrews 6? All right. But he said, he didn't realize you were perfect in Christ. So, but watch what he's going to say. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that from which I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, here we go. I count not my, myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forget no thing which is behind. What things he talking about? Hebrews chapter 6. I name you baptism, baptisms. See, remember when first thing happened when Paul got, uh, when Paul came to Christ and he got the revelation, Ananias told him and baptized him. You read Acts chapter 9, the first thing he did was baptize him. So you have to understand, Paul says, I was deceived. Read Romans chapter 7. Anybody believe in baptism and water to be saved? You've been deceived. All right, not as though I had already attained, Paul said, neither already was perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ. Brothers, I count not myself to have apprehended, but three things I do. This one thing I do, number one, forgetting those things which are behind. What things? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. What are you Doctrine of baptism? Laying on the hands? Resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment? See, all those things he had to leave because that's what they've been doing for all these years. But when Paul came, Paul said, we got to leave those things from behind. Give the Lord a big hand. I just want to make sure you get this. And then Paul told him, once you leave those things behind, you got to forget, forget them. Forget those things which are behind. That's why people, they'll be in church here. But first Sunday, I know they got to go get communion somewhere. Hallelujah. If you die between here and there, where are you going? Somewhere. You, you between here and there. Brother, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, you, you, this is why, watch what he's going to tell you. Remember Lot's wife. I told you that last two weeks ago. Forget no thing which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, you're, you're, if, that's why Paul said you can't keep going back. That's what happened to Lot's wife. She turned to a pillar of salt, and the pillar of salt means she was good for nothing. When you study salt in the Bible, it lost its savor. It's good for nothing. Otherwise, it's not salty no more. 
And you got to understand, in grace, you're going to need it because you got to be seasoned with salt. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So, but if you get up to minister to somebody, you don't have no salt. You can't season nobody. You're good for nothing. All right. So Paul said, number three, number one, forget those things which are behind. Number two, reaching forth for things in your future. Third, you got to press towards the mark. And that's why you got to understand something. This is eternal life. You got to be pressing. This is no game. You see people that come to church hither and thither. And they, and they want, they ain't pressing. When you pressing towards something, you are striving for mastery. That means there's a goal set. And you're going to reach that goal. You're not going to waver to the left or to the right. You're going on. There are some people in your life now won't be in your life then, but you got to go on. You got to stop looking back, press towards the mark, reaching forward for the goals that are set before you. If you get those three things set in your heart, you'll be okay. You got to forget behind things behind, reaching forward for things in your future, and then you got to get into the pressing mode. Just like you're an athlete. You got to get to striving, man. I mean, you've been walking, but how about a little trot? Somebody say hallelujah. All right. Now let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 11, verse 13. In Romans chapter 11, verse 13, now, I've got to show you something else before that. Go to 1 Timothy 4.16, because that's where we left off with one of our teachings. 1 Timothy 4.16. Watch what Paul going to tell Timothy. Take heed to thyself. See, this is what, what he's saying to a pastor. He was a pastor of Ephesus. Because the person who was over all of the churches, the bishop, he was already on the island of Patmos. His name was Bishop John. He the one wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the Gospel of John, and the book of Revelation. See, he was one over all the churches. He was the bishop. And now, here, here it is. He's on the island of Patmos. You got this man now, Paul found out, Paul sent Timothy to Ephesus. Sent Titus. See, every man had to go somewhere because he got to have some young men to, to take hold of the show because the man who was running, running the show was on the Isle of Patmos. That was John. He said, I was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God's sake. So he told, told Timothy here, take heed to yourself, Timothy, and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both watch the save thyself and them that hear thee. So what happened if the pastor's preaching you the wrong doctrine? He can't get saved off that doctrine, neither can he get you saved. It looks good. You'll see the crowd. And that's all you're going to get. You're going to get the crowd. But Jesus already told you there's two different ways. There's a straight way, and then there's a narrow. There's a way that you see the crowd, and there's one place you will see few. But see, that's what people think. It's got to be right. I got to see, but that's how I was to see. I said, they got to be right. I got to have something that ain't right. But it's, it's the gospel of Christ. And I realize not many are preaching you the gospel of Christ. But I'm going on. I'm going on in the Lord. All right, let's go to Romans chapter number 11, verse 13. This is the verse I wanted last week. I, keep, I kept repeating. I said, I know somebody know what I want to say. I realize nobody know what I want to say. I just 
Ask the Lord. He gave it to me. Romans chapter 11, verse 13. This is Paul. What are you going to say? In verse 13, I speak to you Gentiles. And as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my offering. Now, why is that so important? Because he said, I am the apostle of the Gentiles. That makes me wonder, who are all the apostles of the day and who are the apostles of? That's just a question. Somewhere down the line, if I was a, your, I was your, keep, if I told you I'm your apostle, then you need to ask me, say, well, who's Paul? Because God, Paul told me to follow him. Let's go, to, let's go to Acts 22, 17. See, I'm not ashamed to tell you that. See, when you say you're an apostle, you mean God sent you to the Gentiles. Sent you to somebody. Only people in fivefold ministries are sent. The rest are called. You'll get it. Acts chapter 22, 17. It came to pass, Paul said, when I was coming to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And I saw him. See, this is an apostle. I saw him saying to me, see, this is how we're going to get to faith, and we're going to show you how Abraham got faith. Nobody preached to Abraham. So you want to write this down, because we're going there one day. The way Abraham got his faith, he heard from God. Never got to be worried about a man of God having faith. Because every time you hear from, hear from God, he increased your faith. That's how it is in you. That's how it is when you come in here and you hear from God, it increases your faith. That's why Jesus, the disciples said to him, Lord, increase our faith. That's why he looked at them one day and said, how is it? that you have no faith. You follow me every day. I'm teaching every day in the temple. What are you doing? All right. See, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you something in the word of God when I get there. All those men in the old covenant, how do they get faith? We only go down to Abraham and say, Abraham got faith because he believed God. But what about Noah? Noah heard the voice of God. Say it. Noah heard the voice of God. Everybody. See, when, God, when Noah heard the voice of God, he didn't go ask anybody what you think I ought to do with this boat. He heard the voice of God. He had everything he needed once he heard the voice of God. He had the wisdom of God. He had the knowledge of God. He had everything. God understood it on everything he, God wanted him to do because he heard the voice of God. Moses heard the voice of God. He knew how to build the temple. God told him. God showed him. See, that's why Jesus Christ told, talk about, we talked about this morning. That's why Jesus Christ knew everything to do, because the Father was in him. That's why you got to make sure God is in you. Especially if you're sitting under somebody that's passing the church, is God in that person? If not, you are not hearing from God. You are hearing from that person who have studied some all week. But when God is in you, you hear the voice of God. Changes your life. It's a difference. When you hear a message from a man of God who was sent by God that you are looking at now, excuse me, 
You remember the word. The word changes your life. Man, I looked at the podcast from this past week. My son said he put it up on a Monday, 9 a.m. He said, Dad, I, I waited till the next day to put up part two. I want to give part one a chance to take off. And I'm telling you right now, it's probably close to 200, just part one. And part two is right behind it. Isn't that something where you can see? So God showed me, he said, your audience is more than in here. That's 200 people hearing the word through the week again. And I hope you are one of those persons. It's not enough to hear the word one time. You're not impressing nobody. I heard the word Sunday. I heard this is your life. How many times did you eat from last Sunday? Physically. Don't no brag. Don't brag. I ate something last week, man. I ain't eat nothing since. You don't hear you talk like that about your food for your flesh. The Bible said give us day by day our daily bread. I'm trying to show you this is the life that God wants you to come to and this is why I'm pressing you that way. We go to daily bread. You don't get it. I'm praying that God presses you to a daily walk with him. I'm pressing you to you want this word every day. I want you to come to a place in your life when you get up in the morning, the first thing you say is Abba. Father. And it came to pass as they were in the temple. In verse 18, I know where I am. I'm in Acts 22, 18. He saw him saying, to, make haste. This is what Paul saw. He saw the Lord telling him, make haste. Get thee quickly out of Jerusalem. For they would not receive your testimony concerning me. See, his testimony was Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Why? Because they did not want to repent. See, I have to understand the word repent don't mean you're going to be better next week because of the way you live. Repent means change your mind, change your way of thinking. So that's why when John the Baptist came, John the Baptist came preaching repent. Why? Look at, let me show you something. Look at Luke 16, 16. Let me finish this right here. The last thing he said in verse 21, he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far hence to the Gentiles. That's what God told Paul. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. That's why he was called the Apostle Paul. Now watch this here. Where I tell you to go. Luke 16, 60. Now watch this. Some of you should have a mark in your Bible because you hear me saying this all the time. Why? Because this is the beginning of a new teaching. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophet had been preached until John came. John came to restore all things. I gave that this morning in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 10. That's why John came to restore all things. Luke 16, 16, take the law and the prophet were to John. Otherwise, God spoke to Israel by the law and the prophet to John came. Because now here come another guy you got to listen to. So how are you going to get your mind changed? You got to repent. Repent means you got to come to a place that everything you heard before, you got to forget those things which are behind, and now if another man get ready to tell you, here's some instruction. And Jesus is going to tell you to keep this commandment, John 13, 34, and 35. You're not going to have to fulfill the law no more. That's over. 
The law and the prophet were to John. When this man Jesus come, he's going to come preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So you got to change your mind to believe him. That's why you got to, to believe the gospel of Christ. You got to renew your mind. That's the first thing Romans 12 and 1 told you. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present first your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which your reasonable service be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation, man. You is a transformation. God is transforming you from the old earl to the new man. It's a transformation. He got to do it by your mind. You got to understand. You worship God with your mind. If your mind never changed, you never change. See, that's why you can't keep going to churches, keep talking about uh, baptizing water in Jesus' name. You keep listening to that. You keep hearing that over and over. How are you going to change? And you come in here and I tell you, you got to be believed in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So you just put them both together. I just make a sandwich, both of them. Here we go. Luke 16 and 16, the Lord and the prophet was a John. But since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. That's still not your gospel. That's just Jesus' gospel. Look at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4. In verse 23, all he was talking about, the kingdom of God is preached. The kingdom of God is Christ. But he can't tell them that yet. He can only tell them the kingdom of God. Well, that's who he is. Luke, Luke told us that the kingdom of God is in you. Luke 17, 30, remember? Y'all know all that stuff. I don't know why I keep telling you all this same thing. Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what happened to those people out there who still want the law and the prophets? See, that's what you got to understand. This is how you got to understand this. What happened? People been taught the baptism in water in Jesus' name for salvation. They come here. I'm teaching them Christ died for their sins and buried and raised again from the dead. Now they're going like, they don't know what to eat that or what. So you got to understand something. You got to forget those things that are behind. You can't be saved by water baptizing. You, only the gospel of Christ saved you. By grace were you saved. Jesus died on the cross, died for your sins. Jesus went to hell to save you. He died on the cross. He went to hell to save you. He put off the old man. He was raised from the dead to save your soul. You got to get over it. You still think water going to save you? You going to hell? My job is to tell you the truth. And I'm on DVD, CD, Facebook, all of them. Podcast, just my job to tell you the truth. You cannot be saved because you baptized the water in Jesus' name. If you do not believe Christ died for your sins, he was buried and God raised from the dead, you're going to die and go to hell. I can't do nothing about it. I'm going to preach your funeral, man. 
That's why a lot of times when I go places, I try not to do it here. But one time I was at a funeral when I knew a lot of people was not there. And that's what I did. I know a lot of people were not there. You know, they, wasn't, they were not much saved. So what I did is I walked up to the, walked up to the cast and I said, hey. <laughs> Most of the people in the church jumped. But you know, that's, what, that's something when you when you still in there. You didn't listen to me. You died and you went to hell. The first, first position of hell is the casket. When you die in your flesh, you died in your sins. This is not a game. Let me show it to you. John chapter 8. See, this is no game. When I say things, I'm not telling you something to put you down. This is a reality. This man I'm talking about, only man can get you out of the, of the flesh. That's why he told you in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 8, but you are not in the flesh, verse 9. You are not in the flesh. They that are in the flesh can't please God, verse 8, but you are not in the flesh. Well, how in the world he got me out of the flesh? That's what it happened. It's called circumcision of the flesh. It's called an operation of God. God put his spirit in you. He's quick, powerful, sharpened in the two at the sword, piercing, even to the dividing the son of soul and spirit, joints in the marrow, and the divider of the... He did a spiritual operation inside of you. He's the divider of the... He's the discerner of the thoughts. See, he, he not only separated, he separates your soul from your, from your flesh. That's what the word did when he came inside of you. It's just like a watermelon. It's just like if you cut it out inside, but it's still inside. You, put, you, can, you can do it, but you got you to know how to do it. And then when that watermelon go, you pull that rhyme out, and the melon fall out. That's how it is with your soul, like a banana. When your flesh is peeled off, your soul goes to be with the Lord. But that don't happen when you die, that happen when you're in Christ. When Christ comes inside of you, he separates your soul from your flesh. So when your flesh dies, you're out of here. That's why Paul learned that. And Paul said to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. That's what he's talking about. Well, if you don't have Christ in you, how you got absent? Don't let me have to walk around your tomb one day and you, you, you're not saved, you're still in there. And I say, hey! <laughs> you can't do no more shake and tremble, but you can't get out. It's an awesome thing. This is not a game. I'm not here to preach that. I'm here to show you. Don't play with your salvation. This is real. God sent his son to die and go to hell for you. You reject that, you go to hell for yourself. This is not a game. Look at John chapter number 8. And verse 24. 21 and 24. I'm going to do that again. Get back to my message. John chapter 8, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them that I go my way, and you're going to seek me, and you're going to die in your sin. You know why they rejected him? Call him the devil, Beelzebub. He said, look, you're going to die in your sins. Because where I go, you can't come. Why is he saying that? 
Because if you don't have the spirit, you can't do like David in Psalm 55. If I had wings of a dove, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. I fly away and be at rest. Without the Holy Ghost, you ain't flying nowhere. And verse 24 says, he says to them that you get, again, you're going to die in your sin. What are you talking about? Die in the flesh. Because you don't have nowhere to get out. Who you think he is. He's, he created you in the flesh. He's the only one who can take you out of the flesh. Don't play with him. Don't play with him. Don't think there's another way. When he said, I am the way, he means the way. He is the truth. He's the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. You go back and look at when you were born, how God born you, how start you off with a, nothing with fertile, just an er, a egg and a sperm, and made everything he needed to make and then put flesh around it. You have to see how he did it. You, you go look at it. You need to go sometime and sit down and just look how awesome you were made. And then he turned around and framed it and put flesh around it until it filled up. Got to see how he did it. How can you see what God did and put you in the flesh? How in the world you can do something else and get out? He's the only one put you in the flesh. He's the only one can take you out of the flesh. When he, to be saved means to be saved from your flesh. Don't think it's something else. When somebody says, I'm saved, you say you're still saved? Are you believe one saved, always saved? If you know what saved is, you would ask that question. He saved you from your sins, mean he saved you from your flesh. Say it, God saved me from my flesh. See, your flesh going to die. Your flesh going in the ground has already has a mandate. Dust thou art and dust thou shall return. You can't stop that. But you can make sure you put your faith in Christ so when the flesh dies, the spirit inside already got your soul. So when the flesh dies, your spirit is going to leave that house. And you can't stop it. The flesh can walk inside. The spirit can walk in you, through you, over you, and you can't stop it. Just make sure you know what I'm talking about. Verse 21, I said, therefore, that you're going to die in your sin if you believe not that I am he. You're going to die in your sin. Jesus told him that. I'm just repeating what I hear my father say. But don't you be there. Don't play with that. Don't tell me no man going to wash you with water and get you out of no flesh. He didn't put you in it. He can't take you out of it. Now, let's, let's, let's go to work. I got a little bit of time. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 10. Thank you for allowing me to express myself. See, I take this serious. You get a phone call as a pastor. You got to be serious. This is life and death. Every call. May not look like it, but that's how I take it. And that's why when you, when you have a fire, 
you call a fire department. And you expect them to do what they're trained to do. It's just that way when you're a pastor and you call a pastor, the pastor come and do what he's trained to do. If he's not who he's supposed to be, he does not have the grace to do it. He has not been supplied. No different with the doctor. If he's not a doctor, he can have on everything like the doctor. But you're going to die. And you call the doctor. Just like if you got a preacher, if he's not who he's supposed to be, you're going to die. Because he can't help you. I'm telling you what I know. I get calls all the time. And I got people telling me this is going to happen. Some of you don't know this. I can't tell this testimony, but I got a man in here right now. I can't call his name. He probably listened to this television program. The doctors say they're going to have to amputate his leg. They can't stop it. But he called his pastor. His wife called me the other day. Matter of fact, she walked right past him last week and she said, God, she texted me in, 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 in all caps. God healed my husband of his leg. This ain't no game. You don't understand. As a pastor, you got people on your list. I can't call their name, but a lot of them in here right now. I've got news for you. Your pastor prays for you. And God has given me the grace for you. All you got to do is keep on believing. <laughs> Our God who we serve is able to do exceeding abundant above all we can actually think according to the power. See, when you know God gave you faith, he gave you power. You got to find out when Jesus sent the 12 out, he said he gave them power over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I know what God gave us and gave this church. He gave us power. I need somebody to help me here. I say God has given us his power. You got to know what God gave us when he gave us his word. When God gave us his word, he gave us his power. That's why you got to thank God for the gospel of Christ. Romans 1 16, put on the screen. It's the power of God. That's why every week we come in here preaching and teaching about Christ. Crucified, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I know folks don't want to keep hearing it. But when you got people who need a physician, they need to know that God's power is here. 
power to heal the sick. Power to cast out devils. Power to make the lame walk. See, so many people don't believe it, but they believe what the doctrine of the apostle says. See, they read the Bible today and they read the, the doctrine of the apostle. In my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, they read, they believe that. They don't believe the day. They don't believe God's word is the power. They had faith in his name. Let me show it to you. Look at Acts chapter 3. In verse 16. See, the problem is you don't know what the faith is for. Either you don't have the faith or you don't know what, what it's for. These guys, they had, to, they had to understand that God gave them faith in his name. And that was the time they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast them out? There are times he called them and said, oh, ye a little faith. Bring him to me. And I said, Lord, he said, did you hear what I just said, Crump? I said, yeah. I told them to bring, because they couldn't do it. Bring them to me. See, you didn't get it. Bring them to the word. You saw a man. I'm saying they had the man. We got the word. Anything the man can do, the word can do. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The same was with God in the beginning. See, you looking at the flesh, but the, the word was made flesh. But it ain't flesh no more. It went from the word to flesh back to the word. Same God. And if the, if the man in the flesh can heal the sick, the word can heal the sick. They had, look at this, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. His name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. His name, through faith in his name. So that's what they were. They had faith in his name. There are people today, that's what they are. They got faith in his name, but they don't have faith in his blood. Let me show you Romans. See, on the Paul gospel, you're supposed to have faith in his blood. Because there's power in his name, there's power in his blood. Oh, you don't hear me. Hallelujah. And that, I, want, I want to make sure soon my, my daughter catch on to that because I just said, see, there's power in his name, but there's also power in his blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. See, you're saying that, but do you know what you're talking about? They didn't have the blood. We got the blood. They had the name. We got the blood. See, God has power in his name. He has power in his word. He has power in his blood. 
See, that's why I got a mystery coming to you soon. You have to be able to know what mystery is. If you don't know, if you don't know the trinity, the trinity of things, you don't know the mystery. Get me later. Everything God teach on has a 36 and a hundredfold. Once you know that, you know the mystery. It's coming your way. Romans chapter number three, and we're done. And verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation, watch this, through faith in his blood. Wait a minute, I just showed you faith in his name. I'm showing you also here with us is faith in his blood. See, and then you have faith in his word. See, so you got to know when you talk about you got faith, you got to know, understand what that means. Every dispensation had faith, but what was it in? And your dispensation is faith in the blood. And my time is already gone. First Corinthians 15. Come on, stand up on your feet, would you? First Corinthians chapter 15. See, you, you, you got to understand something. When you come down to salvation, your faith now is in his death, then resurrection. Faith in his name is not going to save your soul. Let me say it again. Faith in his name does not save your soul. You can't find me nowhere in the Bible that faith in his name saved the soul. You saw people healed. You saw them delivered. You saw them baptized in water. You saw them cast out devils, speak with new tongues in my name. But you're not going to see nobody saved unless you have the blood. Hebrew 9 told us without the shedding of blood is no forgiveness of sins. Christ died, buried and raised again from the dead because his blood had to redeem his people Israel and then wash our sins away. So that's why everything you got today is because of his blood. Can somebody clap their hands and thank Thank God for the blood. Thank God for his blood. His blood is your life. I don't think you understand. The life of the flesh is in the blood. He gave his life, his blood, so you can have life. Come on, thank him one more time. There's power when we get through. Thank you. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you was also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached to you unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried in that God raised him again the third day according to the scripture. That's why we preach Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. His death, he died for our sins. He paid for it with his own life. He was buried. He buried your old man. There's not an old man left. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old man was buried. That's why when Christ came out of the tomb, he came out of the tomb a new man. He buried the old man. And he was raised again for our justification. To make us right with God. So if you're here and you heard the word of God, you wonder why you do not have eternal life abiding in you. You wonder why you do not have God's faith abiding in you. God's faith is free. Everything God gave you is a trinity. There's a word of faith. There's a spirit of faith, which is the word of faith. There's a measure of faith. But then also faith comes of the grain of mustard seed. Are you still trying to live off of a grain of mustard seed? Are you going to use your faith? Receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Believe his death, death, resurrection is enough for your salvation. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.